0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Joshua, and officially welcome you guys and gals to a live Q&A with yours truly. I hope you guys are doing exceptionally well. We almost at Christmas. Hope you guys are safely at home, safely where your family are, and uh, ready to enjoy um, this time of the year. So I'm going to give you guys some chance to come into the live feed. For those who's watching live, do me a big favor, share this broadcast out to as many people as possible. If you're watching this later or listening later, whether you're on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, I want to say thank you all so much for listening, for watching. I pray these uh resources and tools and videos have been a, a blessing to you all. And uh it's my ultimate objective to help you grow spiritual God's optimal use, to help you be prepared um to fulfill your purpose. So just wanna say thank you all for all you guys that support this whole year. It's been a great, great year. And so I just want to say thank you. If you this is your first time watching me, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And like I said before, my goal is to help you grow spiritually. Oh, I'm going to change that, to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use and to also help you make sense of your life. So I'm going to go into the chat box and see who's all there. Um, and for those who's like, man, why he's going to the chat box? Because um, I do live Q&A's, and if you feel like, hey, I wanted my questions to be answered, make sure you hit the subscribe button, notification bell, so you can go all post notifications, because no man, no woman knows the hour, and Coach Josh is going to do a live Q&A, so if you want your questions answered, subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff, let's go to the uh, comments, <clears throat> sh- sh- uh, Shimmer Red Roses, what's going on, La Doka, hey, what's going on, Pink October, greetings, greetings, it's from the block. Wait, am I in myself in the chat? What's up? What's going on? How you feeling? Welcome to the chat. You made it. You've been raptured up. No, I'm joking. Jessica Reed, what's going on? Nicole Destiny. Hey, from Atlanta. Hey, hey, hey. Keisha Presley, what's going on? Divine 15. Hey, coach. Oh, hey, Divine 15. Tiara Miller, what's going on? Good evening, Shanice. Keisha Presley, ATL in the building. Glad to have you. Candy Girl, hey, what's going on? Oh, never mind. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Happy holidays, coach. Happy holiday. Merry Christmas to you, too. Post notification, gang, gang, gang. I'm glad that you are able to get in <clears throat> to the chat. Keisha Presley, I've been blessed by the message regarding saying, I'm so glad, and I got a surprise for you all. I will let you know right now, but I I, I got to make sure I'm in position. Um, I will be releasing some in information real soon about a course, an interactive course that you and I will be engaged in um, to help the singles. But um, until it is finished, then I'll be able to tell you what's going on. But be ready, because I'm ready to give you guys my undivided attention next year to help you all grow in your singleness and prepare to do the work of the Lord in your life. What's going on? Skip, skip, skip. Sorry. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Zach, what's up, coach? What's going on? Pink October. How do you escape from mental holes, traumatizing times? Excuse me. Great question. How do we escape from mental holes? Mental holes comes from mental abuse. Mental abuse comes from misuse. Misuse comes from misunderstandings, right? So I know I gave you a trail of thoughts, but hear me, let's follow through this path. Um, the best way to get rid of a mental hold is to realize the conception. When was the gripped gripped? When was the door open? When was this mental hold conceived? What I tell everyone is that you have to practically <clears throat> and intentionally reverse engineer your thoughts, It's crazy how many of us spend a lot of years thinking poorly. We have to be productive with our thinking. Thinking is a skill. We have to think according, excuse me we have to think according to the word of God. And many of us uh, have lost the essence and the beauty and the, the the sweetness of God's word and the power that it holds. And mental holes comes from, let's break it down. Um, many of us are so tied to things mentally based upon the thoughts we have entertained. Like I always say in all my videos, thoughts may come unaware, but thinking is a choice. Um, you are intentionally thinking on the thing as, gr- as continues to allow the grip to get tighter. How to reverse engineer those mental holes is to look up the word of God. There has to be a standard. Every demonic mental oppressor that's in demonic form is not going to answer your desires. It's not going to answer um, five-step plans. It's only going to answer the word of God. So what I need for you to do is go to openbible.info and I want you to type down uh, uh scriptures on strongholds. Uh type in strongholds, type in the mind, type in scriptures along those lines, and you'll see a list of scriptures come up. And I want you to meditate on it. These are spiritual disciplines that determines uh, or helps you have spiritual victories, right? So let me look at your question again. How do we escape from mental holes, traumatizing times? Um, There's not a traumatic time that God uh, is unaware of that or is unable to help you with. Uh, traumatic times are going to come, but you have to intentionally process that time. The number one thing that you have to process is you survived that traumatic time. you survived it now you have to survive or uh, or deal with the, the effects of the traumatic event. The traumatic event occurs. So what you have to do is process that traumatic event. Who, what, when, where, how. Who was involved? When was it involved? What was involved? Um, um, where was it involved, and how did it happen? And when you examine those five points, you will begin to see that 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 through the help of the Holy Ghost, you can't actually endure it. That now the progression or the time frame that you have within this traumatic. Effect is based upon your understanding of God's word and meditating on it, strengthening yourself in it and intentionally on paper, intentionally every day, aggressively attacking that area by renewing your mind, reverse engineering your mind so that you can come to a place where you say, I survived it by the help of the Holy Ghost. I survived it. You begin to begin to utilize scriptures about um, um that He's a present help in a time of trouble. That um that if it, that I'm glad that I was afflicted. If I wasn't affected, I wouldn't know your statue. Maybe God, now this is a great opportunity for you to understand his character, to understand who he is in a deeper way so that you can be able to get a stronger closest with him. But your mind is not going to be renewed if you do not allow your mind to meditate on the word of God. It's essential because the Holy Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, but Jesus in the garden, uh, in in the wilderness, he utilized the word. He utilized the word to defeat the devil. You're going through demonic oppressions mentally, and you have to write down the traumatic event. I want you to write down scriptures that, that goes against, that that is more powerful than that event. I want you to spend the next 21 days to about another month and a half or so, month two months, meditate on it. Take one of those scriptures a week, and I want you to uh, spend at least 20 minutes a day memorizing that scripture, going back and forth, and apply it to your life use that scripture as your weaponry against your mind. And I want you to write down also with that um on what could you have learned from it. Now I don't know exactly what traumatic happened in your life, um, but those things can help you. I hope that helps um I'm, 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 writing a book on that right now. I know, I know you you need the need met right now, but I hope that helped you so far. So how do you escape mental holes? You reverse engineer those mental holes with the meditation of the word of God, allowing the power of that word and belief in that word set you free. And I hope that helped. Let me keep going. <clears throat> if you can message me in, in a little bit down below to kind of give me clarity of what happened, if it's not personal, if that makes sense. Hey, Coach, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Coach, God must have knew I needed to hear. God, listen, God, I'm in I'm desiring every day to be led by him. And I pray this video is a blessing to you. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Hey, Coach, can you talk more about making time every day for God, family, personal development and craft development and what each area entails? Excuse me, guys. I had dinner. And so let me drink some water. All right. Let's get to your question. Hey coach, can you talk more about making time every day for God, family, personal development, and craft development and what each area entails? I sure can. Let's break this down. God shouldn't surround your life. Your life should surround your relationship with God. Many people give God leftovers and not the first fruits of the meal. Many people give God the leftovers of their day versus the first fruits of your day. All this boils down to discipline, my friend. The reason why God must be number one and at the center of everything, because if he's not number one or at the center of everything, whatever he is not in the center of decays. It, it, it doesn't have life. Um, God is the one that gives marriage life, gives singleness life, gives purpose life. He's the one. And we have to fight for him to be in that position because the world is not going to assist us in that. The world is going to do whatever it takes to make sure you and I never have time for God, never have time for his word. Now, let's break it down point by point. Can you talk more about making time every day for God? <clears throat> you always make time for what you want to make time for. You hear me? Um, We have to really be honest with ourselves. Freedom comes from honesty. The Bible says the truth will set us free. Our honesty, when it comes to the truth will set us free, we have to look at our lives and say, why don't I make time for God? Why do I have hunger and thirst after His righteousness? What things are in my life <clears throat> that is hindering me from, from diving deeper from, because when you really understand just how beautiful and, and, and just, just awesome God is to such a degree where, the more you get to know him, it's interesting how everything becomes strangely dim. It's interesting how everything loses its color. It loses its taste in comparison to him because when you begin to realize just how much life that he gives in every area, you make time. I have to make time for God or these videos won't hit. I got to make time for God or my wife won't, my wife will have a fit. I got to make time for God or my ministry won't be legit. You see what I'm saying? If I don't make time for God, then, then, then nothing will find its place. Nothing will have its, 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 its proper um, potency, if that makes sense. So you have to practically look at your life and say, I have 24 hours in my day. First question you have to ask yourself, who gets the, who, who gets the first uh, fruits of your energy? When you wake up, who do you thank first? Who? What do you reach for first? That's when you implement discipline. And say, you know what? I'm gonna charge my phone in another room. I'm gonna put my Bible by my bed. That this is what I practically do every day. When I wake up, the first thing I do, I thank God for. If I open my eyes. I thank God that I have the ability to see. If I take my first breath, when I take my first breath, I thank God I got breath in my lungs. When I step off the bed, I realize I got strength in my legs. I thank God that I can walk. If you spend your day counting your blessings, you won't have time to count your burdens. And when you start with God, you begin to tell your mind and your flesh to fall in suit. Whatever you give life to first, everything else will follow. So when it comes to making time for God, you have to really examine and be like, any day that I do not start with God or allow God to be a part of my day, that day becomes wasted and that day becomes useless but anytime that I start my day with God and I intentionally give him the first fruit of my breath, the first few moments of my, my life, I give him the first hour of my day that when I'm brushing my teeth, when I'm taking a shower, when I'm getting ready for work, I play the dramatized Bible on my phone. So while I'm walking around the house, the word of God is playing. I do these things intentionally because I, at the end of my day, I see just how fruitful my day is because I made sure that God got the first fruits of my day. When God gets the first fruits of your day, your whole day becomes fruitful. You see what I'm saying? When you give God your leftovers, everything else is stale. You see what I'm saying? Now, that's time with God every day. You have to be intentional. One thing I learned in the last two years is proper order of things. Seven years ago, ministry was everything. Ministry came before God. But when I put God in his rightful place, I put family in his, in, in his rightful place, I put myself in, this right, in my rightful place, God, myself, family, and then my craft, everything must go in that order because your wealth is in your family. Like like I'm I need to be in my family's life because why why reach the world but lose my family? Why I reach the world and my sisters, my nieces, my nephews, my brother, my sisters, my you know, my sister-in-law, all them people, they the world gets the gets the the fruit of my life, but my family gets the scraps. You see what I'm saying? So many of us, we bypass family because we've been around them so long. They lost their value to us. But you only got one mom. You only got one dad. You only got one family. And if you become that pillar in your family, then you could be the one used to that God uses to redeem your family. So how how do you make time for God every day? All these things are intentional. Soon, I make sure I kiss my wife before I leave. I make sure I check on her to make sure she leave before I leave. You got to make sure they're good because I don't want to go reach the world and something happened to my family and I wasn't on my post. I didn't pray for them. I didn't stand in the gap for them. And then the devil came in, stole, destroyed, and killed um, different aspects of my family's life, how am I going to reach the world with strength when I know I should have did what I should have done? You see what I'm saying? Your personal development, craft development is important because you were created to fulfill a purpose, right? So what I do is <clears throat> I spend no less than an hour on my craft a day. Sometimes it's 2 hours, sometimes it's 3 hours. I you get 24 hours in a day. Let's say you sleep 8 hours. 24 minus 8 is what? Uh 16. You got 16 hours left. Uh you slept 8 hours and then you worked 8 hours. So that's down to 8, right? Now you have 8 hours left. You have eight hours left in your day. What do you do with those eight hours? You see what I'm saying? So because what I realized in my life, my friend, is this. Is that if I do like the Josh of my 20s, I'm so thankful for him that he was focused. Because he wrote the books. You see what I'm saying? I always do this. All of these books, all of these books were written in my singleness or in my dating phase with my wife. This book was written before I even knew who she was. This book was written before I even met my wife as well. This book was written before I met my wife as well. These two other books right here, I met my wife, right? That's a thousand plus pages of of work, two courses, two card games. I did a lot. And now I'm reaping the fruit of that. You see what I'm saying? And so when you really look at your day and you prioritize your life, right? When you prioritize it, you will then begin to see in your 30s, in your 40s, you begin to reap from the efforts of the decade that you're currently in. So I hope that helped. God is number one. He has to be number one in your life. He has to be at the center of everything. He has to be this, in the center of your, of your family, the center of your craft, in the center of your personal development because it's, it's selfish not to develop. Every day you should set aside a time to develop in your life. All those are essential for you to have a fulfilled life. There's so many people utilizing the last 30 to 40 years of their life, cleaning up the messes that they've made in their 20s. Don't be that person. Put God first. Give him the first fruits of your day. And you'll begin to see how fruitful your days become. The more fruitful your interaction with your family becomes, the more fruitful your residual, your, your your efforts become and life will be blessed. Hope to help, fam. Hey, thank you for subscribing. What's going on, Shay? Raw Scout says, hey, coach, there's a girl I like in college. Should I pray to see if she's the one or just let it go and stop thinking about it? Yeah, man. Don't think about it because she don't deserve that energy. Like The only woman that deserves your energy is your wife. The only one that that deserves your energy, ladies, is your husband. Do not give energy, that kind of energy, to people when that energy could be used for something more productive. You see what I'm saying? Uh, The thing is, don't even worry about it. You're in college. All, all gentlemen, listen to me real carefully. You have no time to think about a woman if you can't offer that woman anything. If you can't offer her security and stability financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally, you have no time to be thinking about a woman. You have time. The only time you have is thinking about thinking about what is the will of God for my life and developing yourself in accordance. Most men, and I understand. They think that they need a woman at the moment, but you really don't get your degree, get focused, find your purpose, find yourself. Because right now, I don't care how, how you see yourself, you have nothing to offer her. And even if you do have care and understanding and a good heart to offer her, how do we know that she's mature enough to handle that? How do we know that she's uh, wise enough, mature enough? Because listen, there's only one person that God has for you that is grace for you. It doesn't matter who the women are in the world today, My wife is the only one graced for me. You need someone that is supernaturally graced for you. That person that says, "I'm here for you, I was made for you, even in the midst of your ugly and even in the midst of your your frustrating moments, you're I'm graced for you. So you do yourself, you do yourself a disservice giving that mental energy to a woman that hasn't been clarified and certified by God, confirmed by him as yours. You don't have time to try to figure things out. You got to figure you out. You got to figure out your your purpose out. There's so much you as a brother have to figure out because because I'm telling you, God is not going to link you up with the woman. He's not going to connect you with the woman if you're not connected to him and if you're not connected to yourself and if you're not connected to your purpose. So, hey, coach, there's a girl I like in college. Should I pray to see if she's the one or just let it go and stop? Stop thinking about it. Don't think about her. Whatever you think about runs away. Whatever you whatever when you don't give it attention, that's when the right things come. I'm telling you, do not give mental energy to things that, you know, you have nothing to offer it. That's what keeps you content. That's what gets you working. I knew I wasn't ready for no wife in my early to mid-20s. Well, I knew I wasn't ready because I had nothing to offer a woman. I was with my I was at my mom's house. <clears throat> I didn't have a car at the time. Why am I gonna go pursue a woman if I don't have a place to to put her in, if I don't have a car to, 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 to take her out in? You see what I'm saying? These are the things you got to think about to put things in perspective, my friend. So what I would tell you to do, don't even pray about it because God is is not going to lead you to pray about something after skipping things of more importance. So I wouldn't even think about her. Think about uh, developing yourself to the best man that you can be, Connect the guy, Get to know him because the 20s are overrated. Trust me. Give yourself time to grow. Give yourself time to learn because the 20s is just extended teenage years. I didn't know much until I was 28, 29 years old. Even then, things didn't really start clicking for me until I was 30. Focus on you, Raw Scallops. Focus on you. Don't even think about her. Divine15 says, good night, Nick. Divine15 says, what do you think of prenups? I don't know much about prenups. I just know the one God has for me. He knew, he know, he knew. That's why it's important to be with the one that God has for you because you know why? Um, I know people change. I know things change. But if I know what God puts together, let no man put asunder. I think that the one God has for you, he foreknows the end of it. He foreknows the, the length of it. And if both people trust God, I I don't think we need a prenup. But I mean, do what God tells you. But I, I don't know much about prayer. I think prenups is when you have... Well, we signed this paper so you won't take my money, half my money. Listen, um, um, I don't got no prenup because <clears throat> I know she's the one for me. You know what I'm saying? And if I did something stupid, she can have half because I put it. If I put it, if I, if I did something bad and I hurt her, she deserves half, if not more, because I was dumb enough to hurt my helpmate. Because, fellas, if you hurt your helpmate, you hurt yourself. Simple as that. Uh, Dulce Vero says, Hey coach from New York. Thank you. God has used you plenty to speak to me. God is good. He gets the glory for it. I kind of the honor that he will utilize me to help you. Uh, Mr. Kemp says, I want my prayers to be answered. So badly, what do I do? They say, God, God timing is the best, but is it really? Yeah. God's timing is perfect, man. Um, badly is the key word in your sentence. You, God doesn't want you to want anything badly. You see what I'm saying cuz anything you want badly the substratum of that request is probably lustful it's probably self-centered it's probably something that you're not ready for um um you have to be okay with God's no and God's never the day you become okay with those two answers is the day that you're that you are entering or is settled in contentment you have to be okay with God's no meaning that if God says no you have to be okay with it. You still gotta go with God, even when God says no. Many people don't like God's no, so they retreat, they go away from God, versus going with God. You have to be okay with God's never. If if you're not okay with God's never, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be able to to really grow in life. You know, because what if because God knows what's best for you. The real thing is, you gotta ask yourself, why do you want that prayer answered so badly? You see what I'm saying? Because God's timing is so perfect because his perfect timing is predicated on your preparation. That God is not going to release anyone or anything in your life when he knows that you're not mature enough to steward it. So the real question is, you got to ask yourself, why do I want this thing so bad? Because usually when you want something so bad, that it shows that you're not really happy with God himself. You should be so happy. And this is hard. This is hard. It's not easy. Being content with God and being happy with God is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that happens over a period of time when you begin to compare the, the, the beauty of God to the vain things of his life. And when you begin to realize just how uniquely beautiful and uniquely uh, great God is, you begin to be like, God is cool. I love being around God. Like, God, I'm so I'm so distracted by you. I'm not even desperate for nothing. God, I'm so distracted by you. I don't even think about nothing. That's the desire of your heart, God. I pray that I become that person. That's what you should be opening up the real estate of your of your of your life to pray for. Now, I'm going to pray that I become a greater representation of Christ, and I become a, a man after God's own heart, a woman after God's own heart. I'm going to pray that I become that man or woman that that is distracted by the love of God, and that that I understand the will of God and the. And the in the ways of God that I'm okay that I'm okay with God's no, I'm okay with God's never, because I know for a fact that He is with me and that His timing is perfect, His love for me is perfect, and that if it's not in my life right now, there's a reason. You see what I'm saying? So, what do you do in the meantime? You get to know God exclusively and get to know God as a person. And get to go know God's heart. The only way that God's hand is through his heart. If you don't want God's heart, God ain't going to reveal what's in his hands for you. Because why would God give you something that's only going to draw you or drift you further away from him? So the real question is, why do you want that prayer answered so badly? And be honest with yourself. The worst person to lie to is yourself. Be honest with yourself and say, why do I want this so badly? Do I want God more than this? Usually the things we want badly are the things that's going to make us even worse. They say God's timing is the best, but it is. I'm a living witness. So this ain't me just saying stuff because I, I, I know how to execute the word of God. No, I lived it. The day that me and my wife got married was God's perfect timing. We felt it. We recognized it. We noticed it. It was evident. It was prevalent. You see what I'm saying? Um if I, if we would have got married a year sooner, we we would be in a hot mess to this day because every day, every hour counts in development. Even the hour before you get what you're asking for, there's a lesson in that last hour. I'm telling you there's always something to learn up to the day of of God revealing or releasing what he has for you. So what you should you do? Be honest with yourself and be honest with God and reverse your desires desire him he's the precious thing he is the he is the uh pearl in the in the field he is the one that we where our hearts really want because even if you get that answer that answer without the answer capital a it's going to only be, be revealed to be a problem hope that helps keisha presley hey what's going on ashley yvonne says finally i get to catch the coach lives q a greetings for the dmv thank you for watching queen worthy what's going on Miss Ramirez says, "Do you believe, do you believe the right person at the wrong time? I believe God revealed my husband, but told me it's not the timing. I rushed it and didn't work out, but I love him. Any advice? Um, if you love something out of God's timing, if you love a counterfeit versus a counterpart, then you are operating an infatuation or a soul tie. Okay. Um, I do not believe that God was seeing you the right person at the wrong time because that's counterproductive." If God sends you the right person at the wrong time, it's only going to make his sanctification. It's going to cause a glitch, not a glitch. It's going to cause a hiccup and his sanctification is only going to be a distraction from you being able to really get to know God, get to know yourself and you're the process. So do you believe the right person at the wrong time? I believe God revealed my husband, but told me it's not the timing. I rushed and it didn't work out, but I love him right now. Y'all just got to come into a place of honesty where you say, you know what? We messed up right now. I may not be 100 percent sure that we are supposed to be for each other. But what I know we can do is be 100 uh, percent on the same page because we know God's not the author of confusion. So what I would do is I would take the next two weeks away from each other and I say, you go seek God. I go seek God. And 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 really seek Him, and really, and what I mean by seeking Him, I don't mean for you to be like, God is He the one? I want you to just distance yourself from the person and make. T- uh, and what I mean by that, because sometimes we go seek God and we will beg God. God, today, are you going to let me know? God, no. What I want you to do is go to God and say, God, here am I. I know I made a mistake. I repent. Holy Spirit, I pray you renew my mind with this individual. Help me see Your will for my life, God. I pray that you in the next two weeks will make your will known to me because, Father, I desire to be in your will, period. I desire to be in your will, period. And, Father, from this moment on to the end of the two weeks, I'm just going to be in your presence. I'm just going to read my Bible. I'm just going to talk to you. I'm going to pray for others. I'm just going to go about my day serving you. And I promise you, in those two weeks, God will reveal to you. But if you go every day with with, with a selfish heart, a lustful heart, a heart that just wants to know the answer but don't care about the answer, the goal for fasting, the goal for distancing yourself from something... To hear from God is to get to know God, though, because the closer you get to Him, the clearer everything becomes. The closer you get to God, the clearer everything begins becomes, right? But you have to go to God with the contrite heart. You got to go to God with the heart of humility, knowing that God, I was wrong, but I'm desiring to be right in Your will. I thank You for Jesus' righteousness that it gives me that puts me, that put me in a right standing with You. That I'm able to come to You, so I'm humbled by that. And I believe by faith, you're going to reveal it to me, God. So here am my, what do you need for me to do now? And then you flow with God, and then the answer will hit you at the right time. Because a lot of us have said things that we thought someone was the one, but we were babes in Christ. We were immature, and the ne- next thing you know, that person wasn't it. So the best way to find out is to take some time away from each other <clears throat> and really go to God, not going to God, but like, God, please tell me, no, God, I repent. Here is my heart. What do you need from me now? And then over time, God reveal what you need to do. Keisha Preston, we're glad you made it. P- Uh-oh. <clears throat> there you go again. I got to scroll up. All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Hello from South Africa. Excited to be here for the first time. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. Thank you for being here. ATL in the building. Jessica Reed, how do you stop fearing what others think of you? Their thoughts should not, a person's thoughts should never have power over you. Um, the, more, the moment you begin to be concerned about somebody else's thoughts of you is the moment you lose, you, you lose the power of thinking on things that are more beneficial to you, right? So the goal is, is that the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. Fear is another word for insecurities or inadequacies or things like that. So the real question is, have you been perfected by God's love? the the perfecting love of God produces self-love, self-love produces self-care and and so on. So the, the reason why you probably fear what these people think about you is that you have elevated them in a level in your mind that they shouldn't be. Usually anytime, any person that you fear above, any person that you fear other than God, is a person that you have allowed to be above God in your mind. The Bible says, "Why fear man who can only kill the body, but cannot but uh but can't but cannot put your soul in hell?" The Bible says, "You better fear the one that could put both body and soul in hell." God is putting it in perspective. God is like, "Let God let me be true and every man a liar. I don't care what anybody else think about you. I'm the one thinking about you right now." So you have to elevate God back in your mind and and, and be and be careful and be carefree. About what they think, what so what? What are they going to produce in life? Who cares what they're thinking about you? Th- th- the enemy wants to give their thoughts of you or your uh, or your thoughts of them thinking about you to occupy your time, waste your day, and then you have nothing fruitful for yourself. I don't care what your mama think. I don't care what your daddy thinks. I don't care what your ex think. I don't care what your man think. I don't care what your woman thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks in this world. Let's think about what God thinks about you and then allow the thoughts of God cause us to think the way He desires for us to think, thinking on things that are lovely, thinking of those things that are pure, thinking of those things of good report, thinking on higher things. You don't got time to waste your time worrying about what other people gotta say or think about you. There's a lot of people don't think they don't think well about me so. I don't got time to investigate and try to convince because the enemy wants you to think about what other people think about so that you will live a life trying to convince them to reverse the way they think about you so so they can eventually think the way you want them to think about you. And what would that produce for you? So how do you start fearing what other people think? Write down a sheet of paper why you care so much. Write on a sheet of paper why you care so much about what they think. Who are these people? And I want you to put their name beside God. And I really want you to have an honest conversation with God and say and repent and say, God, I have allowed this person to be more to me than you. And from that honest conversation with God, you will begin to see the Holy Spirit heal your heart and give you that Christ confidence and boldness to go forward in him. Jessica, don't worry about what anybody has to think about you because they don't got a hell to put you in. They don't got a heaven to put you in. These people, who cares? I live my, listen, there's a lot of people who do not like me. They don't like the way I do what I do. They, 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 whatever. But if I care about them, then I lose sight of serving God, serving my wife, serving my family, serving myself, serving y'all. People are going to always think crazy about you. Stay consistent though. Just consistently improve and and don't worry about what they think, because no matter what, you will waste a lot of time, waste a lot of energy trying to convince people that you are not what they think you are. Listen, don't waste your time and energy trying to reverse people's thinking about you. Think on things that are pure. Embrace what God thinks about you, that he he fearfully and wonderfully made you, that, that he made you for such a time as this. You see, what I'm saying that you're more than a conqueror. You're blessed going out, blessed going in. Uh uh, you know, you'll focus on your gifts so your gifts can make room for you. You gotta put the eviction notice on those people and tell them you can no longer live in my mind anymore. And anytime they come up in your mind and you wonder about what they think, ask yourself the same question: who are they to God? <clears throat> nothing in comparison to God, nothing in comparison to God. So I want you to look up scriptures on. What does God think about us as his people? And really process it from there. I've been there. I used to worry about what people thought about me, but I realized that some people are going to think about you, whether if you got all the evidence of the world against what they're thinking about you. Some people just don't like you. Um, and I, and as some people are struggling with their parents, they struggle, but who cares? Validation doesn't come from your parents. It comes from God. Listen, I've done things that both my parents didn't agree with, but I had to follow God. And now they become over time in agreeance, but i pursue God because they don't got a hell to put me in. They're not the one that created me. I, they, they're not going to be the ones that hold me accountable. These friends, these fake people, these people that help me, they can't, who cares? You got to keep it moving. Finally caught you live. Thank you, Shanice. Glad you're here. Levita. Yes, Jessica, good question. Yeah, <clears throat> I hope that was a blessing to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you for your help helping where you're so welcome, Pink October. Marcella Hernandez says, What is dating versus courtship? Good question. There's a big difference between dating and courting. Uh, dating and courting is is based upon uh um uh dependency. Um, those who date without confirmation from God is putting the power in themselves. They're saying, I don't trust God with this. I'm not gonna let God do this for me. I'm gonna do it for myself because I know what's best for me. Courtship is I'm only gonna date within a courting period the person that God has confirmed for me dating is I'm going out there trying to figure it out for myself. I'm not going to wait on God's timing. I'm not going to trust God with this. I'm going to go on social. I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to go on dating sites. I'm going to go to these clubs. I'm going to go to this church. I'm going to go to all these different social events because I don't trust God. Listen, you you trust yourself. None of us are good at picking anything for ourselves. We barely pick the right diets for ourselves, let alone pick the right person to date. Courtship is I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing this because of God's confirmation. And I'm pursuing this with the intent to marry the same thing can go for dating people. Are, well, I'm dating with the intent of marriage, but you're not allowing God control. Uh, um, I don't believe that you should be going out there dating everyone to find a person. You're wasting time. You're wasting energy. You should be dating God and dating yourself, setting out dates without the week this on this day at this time. I'm spending time with God. On this day, at this time, I'm spending time with myself. Date God, date yourself, and then when God sends you the right person, then you date them within the courting period into marriage. That's how it should be done. You going out there, people going out there dating all these different people, then you wonder why you delusional. You wonder why you distracted. You wonder why you got soul tie on top of soul tie, on top of soul tie. You got all these different people confusing you. Come on, man. It's best to just say, you know what, God, I trust you with this. I'm not going to date another person. I'm going to trust you with this. And it takes for you to let go of control. We live in a world where we think we know what is best. So we look online to find out all these different five step, 10 steps um, to, to getting to know someone and dating someone when all actuality just wasting time. So the difference between dating and courting, all bail boils down to dependence. People who date around depend on themselves. I got this. I'm smart enough. I'm tired of being lonely. God is taking too long, so I'm going to go do me. Those people who do that, they always end up back at square one. They always end up with more soul ties. They always end up with more emotional attachment. They always end up with physical, mental, emotional abuse. But those who wait it out and trust God with it, The time they use to wait instead of date, they become the the person they need to be at God's rightful timing. And then things take off. I'm a living witness. I'm just telling you, it's not wise to go out there and put things in your own hands because your hands are not trustworthy. Your mind is not trustworthy. And God is very good at matchmaking. Do you want a match made here? Do you want a match made in heaven? It's your choice. Good question. Nicole Destiny, Destiny, Destiny says, what should I do if I keep in, encountering the same type of toxic people? I prayed for discernment, so I now can see them early. But how do I not attract these type of people, friends, etc.? Um, light attracts flies. Simple as that. You, you can't always control who you attract, but you can always control who you attach to. You may not always control who you attract, but you can control who you attach to you. You see what I'm saying? So don't worry about toxic people coming around you. Just make sure you don't allow toxic people within you, <clears throat> in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions, in your life. They may come around your life. They may be at your job. They may approach you. They may try to get to know you, but you and your growing of discernment and wisdom can tell them, hey, uh, uh, I'm not going to let you within these boundaries of my life. So what should I do if I keep encountering the same type of toxic people? Hey, light attracts flies. The more you grow in light, people get attracted to it. Demons send people your way to try to put out that light. Demons try to surround you with certain people that try to get you distracted, or it could just be the light in you that's drawing them. But just because they are drawn to you doesn't mean you allow them to, 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 to come inside in your life, right? Like I said, you may not be able to control who you attract, but you can control who attaches. You see what I'm saying? Themselves to you. And that comes down to God's perfect love that births self-love, that births self-care. When you care for yourself, you don't mind putting limits on people. I prayed for discernment so now I can see them early, but how do I not attract these type of people, friends? Like... <clears throat> you may you may attract people but don't make these people friends don't make these people uh f- people you frequent you see what i'm saying you start putting limits in your life you continue to to continue to improve and continue to grow and and just because they're attracted to you you can say you know what that's as far as you go you are only a co-worker you are only associate you're only a person that i see every tuesday at the gym at the at the hot yoga you see what i'm saying or whatever y'all do So you can't control who gets drawn to you. That's impossible because people are going to try to attract themselves or try to attach themselves. But you say, you know what? I love myself too much to allow you to attach yourself to me. Hope that helps. Uh, Thank you all so much for watching. I'm not done. Just want to say thank you all. Um, This is humbling. Uh, We have uh, 76 people here. Thank you all so much. Um, love y'all. I really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you like. If you watch it right now, like the video, uh, comment because it helps this video grows. Um, I'm seeing I'm getting more subscribers. I just want to make sure that we continue to help people um, become spiritually mature for God's optimum So please like this video, share it, and let's impact more people. Let's keep going. How to be patient with family when they keep asking if you are in a relationship yet. Yeah, also, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Um, <clears throat> tell people that, first off, you got to understand this and i've said this in many videos before some people um envy your singleness or people want to reap from your singleness some people envy your singleness so they want you to be married so that you can be miserable like them or some or some people are are trying to reap from your from your life so they want you to get married for grandkids so they can because i found the more you get older the older you re- the, the older you get The more you realize how selfish people are, that some people just want you to have grandbabies so they can have reasons for themselves to live. Or if I have grandchildren, studies have showed grandparents who have uh, grandchildren and have connection and relationship with them live longer. So, but, but, but I don't necessarily think it's selfish. Some people, that's just a desire the older you get, I'm sure. But some people who are aggressive and invasive are people who are trying to reap from your life so they can live. That's not your responsibility. So in order to be patient, even in the midst of family during Christmas and during the holidays, is to realize um, that before you go into their house, really talk with God and be like, God, what in me is not okay with this season of my life? And I want you to get a sheet of paper and write down the benefits of you being single. The opportunity singleness is giving you. I want you to write those different things down so that you can be able to be assured and confident in the fact that God has you single for a reason. There is a purpose for your singleness. Again, there is a purpose for your singleness. He has you single for a reason. He doesn't want you to mingle until you now he doesn't want you to mingle. He wants you to be single. Singleness means a whole individual, a person who knows why they are here and is ready for anything that God in his providential sovereign timing is willing to bestow on a person. Most people have they're not whole. They're full of holes. That, so why would God pour something in you if he knows that his blessings that he's pouring in you will leak out? and be wasted. So you gotta write down before you even go over to the house on Christmas day, or before you come downstairs on Christmas Eve. And, and I want you to write on a sheet of paper why you are why you are single, why you should embrace your singleness, so that when they communicated with you, you can stop them right there and say, you know what? I am happy where God has me right now, because I, I already know the purpose of my singleness, and I trust God for the timing of my marriage. For my relationship and so on. I would appreciate it though that you guys stop pressuring me, uh, 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 um, 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 pressing me about this because I'm completely fine with my singleness. But if you don't know why, if you don't know the purpose of your singleness, then the pressures of married people and the pressures of people who envy and want to. Uh, reap from your life is gonna make you sad and want to be with somebody. Listen, don't allow the pressures of other people to press you in something that's gonna be too, too much pressure for you. How to be patient with family is understanding. God, give me empathy, give me understanding, give me the right tone, give me the right type of way to tell them and you do that by taking the heat off your heart, putting on paper, spending time with God and really see on paper, This is why I'm single and God, I am happy about it because God, I trust you and my goal is to be content with you. My goal is to, is to understand you more because I know the more I get to know you, the more I get to know myself and the more I will be prepared for my significant other. So, and when you have that honest conversation with God, you will begin to be like, you know what, God, I trust you. And then when you communicate that with your family and friends, they'll be like, you know what, we're going to leave, we're going to leave her alone because that's beautiful. And if they continue to pressure you, <clears throat> make your time with them on Christmas limited. <clears throat> you don't owe them your time or space. If they don't want to respect your boundaries, you leave. Is that simple? You get you get your plate though. You know what I'm saying? Because listen, ain't nothing. I don't care how mad you get with your family. You get that macaroni and cheese. You know what I'm saying? You get that pound cake. You know, mama may be annoying, but her food's still good. You know what I'm saying? You know, your dad may be, but 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 the but the ribs are still good. So so you stay there about a good thirty minutes. Get you a plate. And when they start being invasive and they start being disrespectful, you know, you know, you pack you two plates and you head out the house because you don't deserve that. They don't deserve your they don't deserve your time. They don't deserve your presence if they don't respect uh um, what you stand for. That's simple. Keaton says, can you go in depth about being an entrepreneur? I feel like I'm at my wits end with a certain business. I know <clears throat> Um, doing any kind of work. Especially work for God is difficult. Um, I've been doing what I've been doing for uh 12 years, going on my 12th year now, and there's been a lot of hills and valleys. But but when I when I allow God to shape my perspective on why I'm doing it, I begin to be I begin to enjoy the process more. Sometimes when we get into these businesses and entrepreneurial endeavors, we <clears throat> we see the the cars, the houses, the opportunity, the, the notoriety, the the fame, the the acclaim. You see what I'm saying? We see all these different things, but those things cannot come into comparison to God getting the glory. I grind for God's glory. I, I develop my gift for God's glory. And and when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to business, when it comes to purpose, when it comes to all these different things, right. Uh, <clears throat> you're going to have to understand that, that, that the only way, you know, it is what if, if it's for you to do is when you can't quit it. Um, when you can't quit it, there's been times where I was like, God, why should I keep doing this? But then I, 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 I'm, I examine I examined my heart, man. And when I realized the only reason why I'm disappointed is because I'm not reaping the results that I've idolized. When you idolize, the idea of a way of life <clears throat> when you idolize the an idea or a way of life you when those things don't happen you become disappointed now when you when you are going through and it's just going through the motions and and business gets tough um um you you your why comes to the surface but if but if your why is money and success and is not Um, what with the best of what God wants you to do, you're gonna always be disappointed, man. What I realize in life is that I do it for God's glory, and I I love the scripture that says, God, don't make me poor that I steal, and don't make me too rich to where I leave you. God, keep me where you need to be. And when you find yourself at wit's end or you find yourself at the thing always bring your why to the surface. Now, maybe you have to write down a a, a different why. Maybe your why was not the why of God. And maybe this ain't even the business of God. So the real thing that I would advise you to do is go back to square one and say, God, is this even what you want me to do? God, am I even doing this with you? Those are the two questions you gotta ask. Because if you do something without God, if you do something that God doesn't want you to do, or you try to do what God wants you to do without Him, you're always gonna feel burnt out. You're gonna always feel drained. But when you're doing it for God and you're doing it with God, when you find yourself at troubling times, the why, the grace of God, the, 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 the gifting of God, the ghost of God his spirit, will revitalize you and you'll be back on track. You don't get the 12 years without re without, without understanding why you're doing it. I got to 12 years because I doing it for him. It's that simple. Can you go in depth about being an entrepreneur? I feel like I'm at my wits' end with a certain business. Number one, ask yourself, is this the business that God wants me to do? Second question you have to ask God, am I, am I really doing this for you and with you? And number three, Um, uh, reestablish your why, why am I even doing this? Because being an entrepreneur is difficult. It is not easy, but it's more profitable than helping somebody else with their entrepreneurial endeavors. So, uh, ask yourself those questions, spend time with God. And if if this is a business that God wants you to do, ask yourself, am I going beyond the limits that God wants me to go? Am I doing too much or am I doing too little? And God may be like, son, I need you to slow down. Lord, I need you to slow down. You're doing too much. You're burning yourself out. Take a break. Anything that you're not willing to break away from will break you. Because when, the things you can't break away from are idols. You got to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to break away from this and take some time for my mental health, my emotional health, and my physical health. And know when you do things for God, if you do things for money, you'll burn yourself out will do when you do things for god you continue to grow at the right pace and you don't burn out hope that helps friend nick antoine hope that uh keaton hope to help nick antoine says hey coach do you suggest i get the purpose for singleness i'm only 15 i'm kind of still young also what do i do in my teen years great question <clears throat> this book is not just about it's not about preparing for relationships it's about preparing for life um um there's a lot of things in life that, that you as an individual, you as a single person must understand before you even go to any next step of your life. The quicker you understand principles about being a whole person, being complete, whole, lacking in nothing. And wholeness doesn't mean perfection, Nick. Wholeness just means I'm ready for the basics of the next level. I'm not, I'm not a perfect man, but I have been equipped with the tools and the mindset to manage a marriage. You see what I'm saying? God molds your mind. God molds your motives and God minimizes your movements so that you're able to manage the next level. So you're whole, meaning you're ready for that next level. Now for the next level, there still may be other areas that needs to be made whole, but you're qualified and ready because of your dependency in God and your love for God and your your disciplines, you're ready to manage the next level. So this book would be beneficial for you because Whatever God has for the next level, whether it's a wife, whether it's a family, whether it's ministry, whether it's business, it's important to understand what you need to do to make sure that you're ready and whole as a person before you hold anything. You have to be whole to hold. You have to be whole. You have to be whole as a man to hold hold the title husband. You have to be whole as a husband to hold children. You have to be a whole man to hold anything. So that book would be beneficial to you. Now, what should you do in your teen years? The number one thing you should do in your teen years is to get to know God. Simple as that. Get to know Him. Fall in love—not fall in love. Grow in love with Him. Grow in love with God. Get to know Him. God, hear in my sin me. Hear in my use me. Hear in my mold me. Hear in my God, make me a man after Your own heart, God. I cried that at nineteen. God, make me a man after Your own heart, God. God, make me a, 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 a I want to be. I told God, I want to be your best friend down here. I, I, I want to be the person that you like talking to. I want I want you to be the per. I want to be the person that you like to spend time with. I want to be the person that you consider to take me like you did Enoch. I want to be that person to you, God. I want to get to know you, and and every day I want to learn something new about you. That's what you need to be. That's your disposition as a teenager. You as a teenager should be. God, okay, what am I supposed to do? And I'm going to prepare for it. Jesus was about his father's business at 12. So what you got to do is say, God, what's your business for me to do? Because if you are a teenager, you older than 12 years old. So you should be asking God, God, what is your business for me to prepare for? Because from between 12 and 30, Jesus was about his father's business. But all of that isolated time, nobody knew him. That's why I challenge every young person. Be willing to be unknown, undiscovered between 12 and 30. I promise you, it'll bless you. Don't try to be known. Focus on mastery. Don't focus on being famous. Focus on being faithful. Don't focus on being known. Focus on being good <clears throat> and become skillful. Surround your gifting with skill. Ask God, what is my natural gifts, God? What are my spiritual gifts, God? Reveal everything that you intend for me to do and grow me into a place where I'm able to manage and and, and steward it. I'm serious. If you Go after God's heart like that. I'm telling you you would be you would be a, a a a tool that God would love to use and secondly, um, you got to make sure you say, okay God, what in me is not like you? God who, would I, who do I need to forgive? What sins do I need to stop practicing? God, help me to be better. Sharpen me so I'm able to withstand the, the the schemes of the devil in the evil day. Learn how to put on your whole armor. You know what I'm saying? Learn spiritual What? Learn the word getting your word like never before you have no obligation running get to know god get to know his word get to know yourself and get to work on making you self skillful david was skilled he was a skilled musician he was a skilled uh uh with the with the rock and the slingshot skilled surround yourself with skills surround yourself with a with the will of god and, and and watch where it takes you. That's what you need to be doing your team. Don't worry about no girlfriend. Don't for Ladies, don't worry about no boyfriend. Don't worry about nothing but the person of God and, and your personal development and your purpose development. The person of God, your personal development, and your uh, purpose development. Focus on those three things, and the rest will find itself in your life, and it's providential timing. Hope that help. Aaliyah Long says, hi, I just got in a serious physical fight with my boyfriend, my brother's girlfriend. I feel as though he or her are very abusive. He and her are very abusive. I said very offensive word. I prayed and repented, but what else should I do? Do not allow your mistake to be used as manipulation against you. Just because you cause some people will manipulate you and blame, like, well, you said I can't believe you said that and then you start feeling bad and then you find yourself back in it. Anytime you're in a situation where you are in an abusive, oh hi, I just got in a serious physical fight with my brother's girlfriend. Okay. Um, that's your brother's business. Um, don't have such a huge heart to help somebody. It got John the Baptist's head cut off. John the Baptist tried to help Herod, tried to uh, call out Herod. It got his head cut off. Some things, some people got to learn their own. So what you got to do is, brother, right now, I see that you are going down this path and I'm trying to help you out of it. But listen, you can give people information all day. People don't change off information. People change off of revelation. So uh, you can inform someone every day, but until it is revealed to them, they're not going to release themselves from the situation. So what I would do is <clears throat> if it's getting physical and it's getting abusive. And they trying to come at you, you distance yourself. You don't got to be in a life. Now, what I mean by that, you lift in the cord. They're connected because that's your blood. That's your brother. But you don't got to do with the girlfriend. Girlfriend, you, she can kick rocks. Right. When it comes to you and your life. But when it comes to your brother lifting a rope, if your brother's in a stage where he cares about her more than his own self and your safety, then you got to be like, look, I'm not going to accept this abuse. If you stay with them, get your own place. If y'all with each other with Christmas, you get them. You get that. You get your food. You get your pound cake. You get your plate to go. You get your hotel. You leave them with their dysfunction. Do not function. Don't try to function in somebody else's dysfunction because you ain't going to function within the character you're supposed to function in. So you repented, you prayed you and get over it and just say, you know what? Y'all cray cray or whatever. I'm going to let y'all stay over here in y'all abuse relationship. My heart is for my brother, but I cannot lose my name and my character for somebody who, who chooses to stay in abuse. What else should you do? <clears throat> you go humble yourself and say, hey, I apologize for my words, but um, you guys are abusive and I'm moving on with my life. I love y'all. But 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 y'all y'all stay over here because any place that draws you out of your character is an unsafe place. Some places you just can't go if the people in that in that space brings you out of character over and over again. But if you have to be in a space, hear me on this. If you have to be around them, this is what you should do. Before you get out, before you get out of your hotel room or your car, you say, God, help me supernaturally help me to be gracious, understanding, loving, and kind to these people. God, in the flesh, I can't do this. I don't even want to do this. So God, I'm asking for your help. Lord, I need you. Amen. As soon as you get out the car, you'll feel the supernatural presence of God grip you and you'll be kind. And the Holy Spirit, like, it's time for us to go. And that's when you leave. Hope to help. Keisha Press says, I met a man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Man, Pizza was good. All right. <clears throat> Keisha says, I met a man dating for eight months. He said he's not ready for a relationship, but wants me to wait until. Excuse me. I had to stop. You don't wait for nobody. Mm-mm. Any man, I ain't even finished your question If any man tells you to wait till he gets ready But wants to bring you along till he gets ready Tell him that you ain't ready This is not what you was made for This is not what you waited for This ain't something that you need to invest your time in Let me read your question to make sure I I ain't in my flesh I met a man dating for eight months He said he's not ready for a relationship But wants me to wait until he gets himself together I've been torn He also still resides Let that man go tonight. Let that man go tonight. Let him, because he, listen, If he's using you. You are worth more than this abuse. This man is taking you off of your focus on God, taking away from your focus on yourself, taking away from your focus on your craft for you to wait till he gets ready. And he's still residing with his ex, still residing with his ex, Listen, listen, you don't got time to be with someone that's still with their ex when you're trying to go to your next. You got to go to the next phase of your life. You can't wait till somebody gets ready. You got to ready yourself. The Bible talks about the five wise wise and unwise virgins. The Bible talks about how the five wise had oil in their lamps. The other five unwise didn't have oil in their lamps. And when the day came and the bridegroom came, they were trying to take oil from those who were ready. Do not let a man who doesn't have oil and his lamps, beg you to take oil from yours. No, no, that oil should be used to anoint things in your future. <clears throat> that oil should should be reserved for you and what God wants you. Don't, don't listen, listen, let that man go tonight and let him be with his ex. You don't got time to wait for nobody to get ready. You got to make sure you're ready because the time you use The time you waste for someone else to get ready, you won't be ready because they. how do you know that person when he gets ready is going to still want you? People have you around sometimes until they get themselves together and then they say, thank you for your time, but I no longer need you anymore. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you for being a friend. You was a great friend, but I I still love my ex. Listen, he has if he still residing with his ex, he don't want to be with you. What he doing is he want his, he want the cake. He wants his cake and yours too. He wants her cake and your cake. And what you don't give him your pound, don't him, don't let him pound your cake. If you want to be with the other cake, let him go over there and be dysfunctional. But you keep your cake in it in this container and you keep it on with your life. I met a man dating for eight months. He said he's not ready for a relation, but wants me to wait until you got to look at your heart and ask yourself, why am I in this situation? What insecurities do I have in my heart? What fears do I have in my heart? God will not, God is, some people think, and hear me close, some people think that they passed was so bad that God ain't going to give them nothing good. That why would God give me a real man of God when I was a woman of the world? Why would God give me a woman of God when I had I had all these uh 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 situationships and relationships? And so what people feel they don't they don't think God loves and don't think God cares for them, that that they don't think that God will refurb not refurbish, will make them a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away, and behold, all things become like God ain't gonna be able to to give you something better because he are why would God give you his worst when he already gave you his best? If God gave you Jesus, think, don't you think he's going to give you the best that Jesus has for you? You see what I'm saying? So you got to forgive yourself. You got to, you got to love yourself a little bit more, Presley, Keisha. You got to love yourself. You got to say, you know what? I do not deserve this. And so you got to get out of your mind any type of insecurities. Well, well, this is the only kind of man I'm going to... No, God got 50,000 other men ain't bowed down the bell. He got 58,000 other women ain't bowed down to bell. So you got to trust him. You don't deserve um, to be in a situation. I would let him go tonight. Go to God and say, God, why am I insecure? Why am I? Because there's a reason why you in this. There's a reason why you got a soul tie. You got some trying to strong connection with him, and He knows it. He knows you ain't going to go nowhere in his mind. But when you got the Holy Spirit gripping you and carrying you away, you will find yourself out of the situation. That's what I'm telling you. You don't have to be torn because if you're torn in between two something, you better just say, you know what? I'm going to grab my cloth from out of your hands. I'm going to sew it back up to the purpose of God. And I'm going to take my full cloth over here. You need you already answered your question. Let it go. The real question is why not? Why aren't you letting it go? That answer will let you know what you need to do. But what you definitely need to do is leave him alone. He ain't even worth your time. He ain't worth time. Oh, oh, what's dating versus, okay, I already talked about that. And find the gifts that I was made to have. Okay, I think I already got you, Nick. Lakeisha Taylor says, how do you handle spiritual warfare you face when you meet someone God wants to be in your life? The enemy is always going to send resistance uh, uh, against the right things in your life. You know what I'm saying? That's normal because they want you to fight against flesh and blood. They want you to fight against that person at the point to the point to where y'all fight each other out of each other's lives, right? And so, how do you stop the, uh, oh, oh, sorry, how do you handle spiritual warfare? You got to put on the whole armor of God. Now, this book right here is free on my website. It's called World War Me. You can go to iamunplugcom forward slash worksheets, scroll down till you see World War Me. Slash spiritual warfare prayers. Download this book. It has scriptures in the back. You could purchase it too if you just if you like books in your hand. But it has scriptures in the back. Um, warfare is, I I can't, I can't even, uh, it'll take me two and a half hours to break down every armor. I can break down them real quickly. Um, but the whole armor of God is what's going to help you withstand spiritual warfare and understand that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You wrestle against principalities and spiritual uh, wickedness in high places. That's what you're wrestling against. And you gotta, uh, you gotta ask yourself, I know this is the right thing for me. Why is there resistance? What are they trying to keep us from? What are they trying to uh, uh, keep us from producing? When you start thinking like that and become proactive in your warfare, meaning um, um, counseling plots and schemes, Uh, if you type in spiritual warfare in Joshua Ezzy, or you type in uh, warfare Joshua Ezzy. I have a lot of spiritual warfare videos. You can get this book for free on my website um, or you can purchase it now at Amazon if you like to have books in your hand. Um. Just make sure you understand that you don't fight against flesh and blood. Holy Spirit revealed to me the demon that's in the midst of of us. And the Holy Spirit will guide you along the way. But those resources are free on my website to help you. Um, Because if I break that down, it's going to take me about two hours to break it down. um, Because uh, God has gifted me with wisdom on spiritual warfare. And um, I'm not in the best place. Um, to break it down for two hours. But um, but those I got a lot of videos online about spiritual warfare. Um, just type in warfare, spiritual warfare, Joshua Eze. And uh, I got a lot of material on that, but you can get that book for free as well on my site. So how do you handle spiritual warfare you face when you meet someone God? Know that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's the best advice I can get you. What is the demon in the mist and what's the demon's objective? And Holy Spirit, what should I do from here? <clears throat> and these tools will kind of help you with the Holy Spirit with that. Naya Love says, how do you stop the fear of demonic oppression when going to bed? The Bible promised you sweet sleep, my friend. He promised you sweet sleep. There's there's uh, a couple of facets that plays a part. Uh, s- sinful habits and sinful, uh, uh, um, sinful habits and sinful uh, entertainment, right? <clears throat> sinful habits means when you're practicing certain things, those practices give spiritual uh uh demons legal right to oppress you because you're entertaining something that's defiled, you're entertaining something that's not right, or you've gone through your day and you haven't really cleansed yourself of, of spiritual. Um, oppression. What I mean by that, like if you're around a bunch of negative people, that negative spirit may try to follow you, hoping that you say something negative to give them legal right to cause that negative speech to be a part of your life. And now they got a grip on your tongue, causing death to be evident in your life um, because because of you just being around a bunch of negative people, negative things, entertain the negativity. Their negativity convinced you to be negative. Now you speak in negative, speaking negative out in a spiritual world. The Bible says your tongue, the uh, the power, to, uh, life and death in the power. tongue so now when you start speaking negative demon hears you demon says you know what that person's speaking negative how can I still kill destroy something in their life through their negative words then they attach themselves how to unleash yourself from those different things is to repent of the sin in your life, and also to release from your presence sinful tools. It means <clears throat> releasing <clears throat> uh, sinful friends, sinful music, sinful shows, get rid of Netflix, get rid of anything that's causing your home not to be pure. What I need for you to do, I want you to go to your local grocery. I want you to get, oh, let's go to your cupboard, and I want you to get some uh, uh, um, uh, olive oil, I want you to pray over the oil like this. Holy Spirit, I sanctify and set apart this oil for your use. This oil does not have power in of itself, but in conjunction with you, Holy Spirit, this oil will represent your presence wherever it touches. You pray that prayer. Oh, so Holy Spirit, sanctify this oil. It's set apart for you as a whole. Don't cook with this oil. This oil is just for your prayer. And I want you to, I want you to anoint every doorpost and every windowpost. So what you do is you anoint the inside outside of your door, every door that as an entrance, you all the windows that you can reach, right? And you open your door. Well, you don't have to open your door, but just say, In the name of Jesus, this house. Is set apart for God. I have released every show, every album, everything off of my phone, every, 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 anything that has given this demons legal right. I counsel it now in Jesus' name. I set this house holy for God in Jesus' name. Every demonic spirit, I command you to leave my house in Jesus' name. I usually open the doors and say, There you go, the door is open for you take deep breaths, that the Holy Spirit to guide you. The Holy Spirit may be able to say, the Holy Spirit may then say, okay, that's good. But that couch, I counseled someone and they said, Josh, um, before my husband and I divorced, my husband uh, or separated or divorced, uh, separated, uh, I would sleep in my bedroom, but my husband would sleep on the couch. And when we and after we had got a divorce, um, um, there was a sexual spirit in my house a sexual demonic spirit was in my house. And I was wondering, well, my husband doesn't live anymore. We've been divorced for years. Why is this? And I coached her. I said, well, um, while your husband was there, was there any pornography in the house? Was there any type of adultery in the house? And she began to say that uh, when they were separated, uh, oh, she began to say that her son was getting kind of into um, um, girls and stuff like that. And she said the spirit was trying to attach itself on her in her sleep, try to attach it herself, itself on the son. And she was like, why is it still here? I told her, I said, get rid of the couch. Get rid of the couch. Demons are territorial where sin was done. So what you do is where sin was done, you get rid of that couch. She said the next day she put that couch on the street. I said, don't I said, don't leave it outside. Wait till, you know, the garbage people are coming. Then put it out on the night of the garbage, the, the, the night before the day the garbage people come." As soon as the couch was gone out of her out of her out of her place, because she had already changed the bed. The bed was already right. she got a new bed. As Soon as she got the couch out, she emailed me and said, Josh, I, I got the best sleep of my life. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will show you you might need to get rid of that couch. You might need to get rid of that uh, bed, that mattress. I don't care how expensive it is to get rid of something and to get it new. I'd rather spend the money for sweet sleep than to keep something because of how valuable it is. Wherever sin is done, that spirit is going to stay. You gotta get rid of that couch. You gotta get rid of whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to get rid of so that your house can be made pure. And I tell people do not move in a house without cleaning that house spiritually because demons are territorial. There was, a, there was people, there were stories told about this family who moved in this house. And then um, um, their, their, uh, the two out of the three daughters committed suicide in that house. And the people was like, what? My kids was not even suicidal. And the people said, the person who lived there before you got there committed suicide in the house. So the suicide spirit was in that house. And because you wasn't spiritually alert enough, because you didn't know these things, the demons took your children. I'm telling you, you gotta understand the spiritual world more than what it is. Because some people are entering into situations and they wonder why I was never a depressed person. I was never a sad person. I never would've thought about suicide. You gotta ask yourself, who lived here before I moved in? Did I cleanse my house? Did I clean my house? But well, that's what you do. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit will let you know what's in your house is keeping from having that peaceful sleep. But once you dedicate your house to God, you gotta be committed not to let... um old shows back in old sinful practices back in because the bible says when a demon has left the house and it, the house has been swept clean that demon will come back to see if that house has been occupied and when that demon comes back and see that house was swept but not full it gets seven other demons greater than him and this and the in the in the, the last of that person was worse than from before hope to help how do you handle spirit okay how do you stop the fear of demonic oppression? When we go to bed. Jesus promised you sweet sleep. Yay, I finally made a live. Hey coach, and hi everyone. Thank you, uh, Cami, for coming. Uh, my brother girlfriend looks up Terry. That's that lets you know everything you know. Terry Carr's reading on TV in me and my mom's house. We go through a series of issues with her and my brother. What should we do? Um, who owns the house? Who pays the bills? As far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So, what you tell them to do, get a hotel room. If y'all gonna practice the defile, the defiled things in my house, I love you, my son. I love you, my brother. But I paid the bills here and I need for you to get a hotel room because you will not bring the defiled things in my house. And if you go through a series of issues, you're gonna be like, I love you, but you don't gotta come visit us for Christmas. If you're gonna continue to do the world's things and not respect my house, then you gotta go. The devils will continue to disrespect where you do not demand respect. Demons will always continue to disrespect you where you don't respect yourself. So you got to tell him today, get a hotel room. I don't got no money. We need to sleep in the car because you're not about to be reading no tarot cards in my house. If he gets upset, that devil gets mad. You got authority over that devil and he has to learn his lesson. Hope that help. God, uh, not God, but I don't, I don't got, um, empathy for that. you If you practicing the foul thing in my house and you don't respect my house, you guys to go. I love y'all. I got to go. I've been going an hour and 16 minutes. I love y'all. Y'all know I do. Um, y'all have a Merry Christmas. Y'all probably won't see me until Thursday. If not Thursday, it's Friday. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Be safe. Know the reason for the season. All these books are online right now on Amazon, Spiritual Warfare, World War Me, Soul Ties and Stronghold, The Purpose of Freedom. Um, the purpose of singleness for those who are looking to be whole and not full of holes. Dating prep is a book for those who are dating people and not dating people. This book's a good book for you to date yourself and a love of your life forever. Um, this book unplugged is for nostalgia purpose. First book I wrote. I also got my first children's book online called As He Says, As for the Students I Serve. Um, uh courses are available on my website right now. Uh, um, um, Mentoring program starts in February. If you want to support us, you can give there. Um, if you want to support what I do on this channel, you can give as well. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Get the t-shirt, merch down at, under this video. Um, all that good stuff. If you want to support support me um, and what I do and support my uh, uh, nonprofit, you can get books. You can get merch. You can, get, you can just give online. Um, all those are appreciated. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Merry Christmas. Y'all be safe. Um, and I pray this video is a blessing this podcast was a blessing. Y'all be blessed. I'll see you next time.